With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody, to Scout's Eye on Football as we are trekking towards the NFL draft. The days are long and the nights are short here in the Landry Football Lab. We have quite a few things to get to today, but we're going to kind of rely on things that maybe you want to talk about, questions you want to ask about anything really football-related. We're going to get into some, um, a lot of what's going on in preparation for the draft, a little bit about meetings and what goes on leading into the meeting. So we're going to get to a lot there. I did, um, for those of you that listen to us on SEC Football and Beyond and other forums, I did because I haven't, I'm certainly aware of the Deshaun Watson situation, but I haven't investigated it, meaning, you know, try to find more details because simply I I just, it's kind of depressing and I really don't care to, but yet I I think it's kind of a responsibility. And in my position, I feel if I can get some information that you find uh, useful or I don't know what add something to the story. Uh, I wanted to do it. So uh, I I did do uh, that as well, and I want to get into that. Um, got a couple of questions that we have here that you've sent in. A reminder that if you got any question uh, that you want addressed here, join us in the chat room. If you're listening to this podcast on in a podcast form, and you can do that by signing up for um, – Landry Football's Conference Call. A reminder that you can watch this show live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch TV. You can catch it all and make sure that you subscribe to the Chris Landry Football Channel. It's free. Sign up for it. uh, And you will get um, be part of the insider group here at Landry Football. And we will um, obviously, uh, they'll send you a notification when we're getting ready to go live. So cheers on a few bits. And um, again, uh, we'll lean on you to be part of this show and to kind of help us um, figure out what it is you want to know. Look, when it comes to football and discussions, sometimes I take it in a direction that's maybe a little bit different than what the fans want. Um, And so trying to do this for the benefit. Now, I sometimes maybe come across dismissive or curmudgeon on certain things because I think the focus a lot is 
in the wrong areas where, um, and I try to bring out how things really are inside a draft room, inside a coach's staff meeting, uh, game planning, all those things are a lot different than, than people know. And I feel like if I have any value whatsoever, and that's quite debatable uh, to the fan out there, is to bring them behind the curtain of the way things truly are. So we'll try to do things, but yet by the same token, I get it. People want to know who's going to take here, there, and what's this mock draft and this. And we we do a lot of different things over at LandryFootball.com. We'll have form of mock drafts put different. And, and here's the way I do it. And and, and I, I try to do it exactly like I did it running a, a team's draft. So when you're when you're talking about a team, and and I think it's real obviously it's real easy at one, but let's just take Jacksonville top of the second round or anybody. A lot's dependent upon what happens in front of you, what your board looks like. And so what I think is important is to talk about some potential targets who may or may not be there. You don't know for certain who's going to be there. I can tell you, I think, every year it happens. I guarantee you that so-and-so won't be there at such-and-such a pick. And and every so often, they're there because stuff happens and there's a surprise. So when you talk about straight mock drafts, well, so-and-so at 15, I got him taken. Who flipping cares? Tell me what are the options of the team at 15. Okay, it's fine. This is a good fit for that team. Okay, what are the other options? What happens if that guy's gone? Where do they go? What what happens if there's more, there's somebody there that you didn't expect? Well, then all of a sudden, the guy that you have planned for that team, it's it's a different ballgame. It's a domino effect, which is why the mock drafts are not, all that accurate. So what I try to do is paint a picture of what are the options? What are the teams looking at? What is the value? Um, and, and this needs an important part of it. But remember, set the draft board up regardless of need. That makes sure that you're evaluating players objectively and correctly. And then you factor in need because if you've got players with relatively equal grades in the same grade plateau, then you can take needs. But if you start gerrymandering the the draft board, you get an inaccurate draft board that you just, based on need, you've got inaccurate things that you're bringing, and all of a sudden you got you got a mess, and you start taking players. Oh, I love my team's draft. They drafted these guys. What? Tell me about them. Are they any good? <laughs> That's the whole part of it. Better be good. You know, there's a lot of players looking at the draft board, and you can check out my draft board at LandryFootball.com. The horizontal board, the top players overall in the draft are up. You can see where the break points are. Two guys at the very top, and and then two guys that are very high uh, early first-rounders. And then the rest of the guys from 5 to 24 – or mid to late first rounders. Folks, common sense. If you only got four guys with high first round grades, the fifth graded guy, which is a mid to late first rounder, has to, anybody from five to 24 is fair game. 
They're going to go fifth, if not higher. Why? Well, I can't take the Who else are you going to take? You can only take players in this draft. You grade them according to certain categories, superstar ability, immediate starters, um, potential starters, chance to make and contribute. And that correlates to a round. But that's, that's where it's important to grade according to a standard and not just saying, well, yeah, you know, this. Uh, I read 22 mock drafts and he's uh, moving up and he's going to be the 10th best player. Then that's you say, well, why all this mistakes? Because it's 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 false narratives. Where a guy gets taken does not correlate to success, meaning what order they get taken, where they get taken, what team, all of that has everything to do with the player's success. And so understanding that I think is important. Um, don't want to get too much into that. I've, I've gotten on that soapbox. But uh, if you go to LandryFootball.com, you see where the break points are. And you see into the end of the first round values at the 24 for me. And again, that's a little bit higher number than most. Then you start looking at um, got 24 players. You got 24 first round graded players for me. I've got 24 high second round value. That's not second round value, high second round value. There's 54 players with second round grades. Do the math. Some of them going in the first round because you only got 24 first round grades. And many of them's going deep into the third round. So learn, get excited, know about these players, know where value is. And look, a lot of these guys that are good players may not pan out. Why doesn't a player pan out? It's easy to want to point blame and say this is the problem. Well, the reality is it could be a combination of things, or it could be any any number of individual things. It could be the player. Player may not be as good. He not stay as healthy, not as motivated. Money, you know, makes him a little bit lazy, a little bit comfortable. Um, influences in his life, girlfriend soon-to-be wife or what have you, good influence, bad influence, um, people around his family, you know, that that have an influence positively or negatively. You know, it's uh, it all has um, an impact on how bad does the guy want it. That's the toughest part of scouting is to know as best you can what makes that guy tick. Sometimes the guy has things and is not utilized very well, not developed very well. Individually, collectively as a team, a lot of things that go into it. Um, there's a reason why good teams draft well. Good teams draft well because good teams also develop well. Um, if you know how to develop, you know, in college, if you prove your ability to develop and win, then you become more attractive to recruits. In the NFL, there's a certain layer of success that has an impact on free agents. But with the top players not being free agents, you know, it doesn't have a great effect. Maybe it helps you a little bit. Um, 
with an undrafted free agent or a pro free agent to be more enticed to you, but it's not going to have a tremendous impact. It's really more about if you know how to develop, you know how to evaluate. And it's a, it's a chicken egg thing. It's, it's, it's what's more important. There is no more important. You've got to be able to evaluate players correctly. You've got to get as many of those players on your team as possible. And you have to develop them and you have to utilize them. You have to have success. Um, you have to build something that people are excited about. Uh, those things are really important. So I, I always encourage you to, to check that out. Now, we we don't know the answer to how these guys are going to be developed and who's going to be coaching them and all those things. We have past history to tell us certain things, but we don't have that now. We, we have to look at it, and people look at the draft as an event. I look at the draft as a process. It's a year-long process of, you know, few years. Because for me, I start studying these guys in high school coming into college and grading them, having a feel, seeing their growth, seeing their development, and it helps me a great deal. So it's a long, long process. It's an ongoing process. But there is a certain element of intrigue. Who's going to get this guy? Who's going to get that guy? Um, you know, are they going to be able to fix their issues on their team? Here's the other thing that I think frustrates fans a lot. Oh, my team needs offensive line help. And we we didn't get one guy. Sometimes you, you, there's nothing you can do about it. And what I mean by that is we say this often, and I think people dismiss it because of lack of understanding if you evaluate players correctly. Sometimes your needs just don't mesh with the value on the board, meaning you can't go drafting a bunch of offensive linemen that you really don't believe in because they play that position. It just doesn't it doesn't make your team better. And what you're doing is you're leaving better players on the board. And that's where you become, oh, I need line help on offense. I also don't have any pass rushers. I don't have any cover guys. I don't have a tight end that really is. I mean, well, you you know, you had a chance to correct that. In essence, people always say, what do you do first? Get a quarterback first? Get a line. You draft the best players you can when you can. You can get them in free agency. You can sign them if they're released. Pick them up off waivers. You can draft them. Whatever way you can to make your team better, you do it. And you bring them in as quickly as you can. You get them into your system. And that's the key. The, there is no, well, let's do this first. Ideally, if you could just do anything you wanted, well, certainly there's a way you you maybe prefer to do it. You don't have that luxury. If you don't have a quarterback, you better find one maybe to the point where you have to risk taking a guy that may be overgrade. But you've got to be careful that you don't trick yourself into liking a player more than making him better than he really is because of need. Go ahead and get the best players. And it's kind of like a puzzle. I mean, it really doesn't matter, does it, if it's a – I don't do puzzles. So let's just say they're, they're 80 pieces to a puzzle. 
Well, there's certain pieces that are a little bit more noticeable that you can see where they fit more, but you take the piece and, you know, every piece is important. You need all 80 and all 80 got to go there somewhere. So if you find it and you figure out this is where it goes or that's where it goes, do it. In a puzzle, the end pieces maybe are a little bit more noticeable from the start. You may have an idea of where you want to go. I need help on the offensive line. And you're going to do your damnedest to fit it, fix it. But it may require you to move. You might not be able to move. And you may get somebody, but you cannot pass over <clears throat> a player that's a better player. You just don't win that way. And, and it just all you're doing is putting uh, a player at a position of need. So uh, <clears throat> we're going to get into that. Hey, I see Kev um, Belargo has joined us today. I'm going to get to your questions. Hey, join us on Twitch. You can join us <clears throat> on any of the forums and join in. I'll get to your question here in a second. Uh, so as you look at the board, what's really important in the board that we put for you, and by the way, we've not only have the horizontal board, putting out the position boards, same thing. You see how many quarterbacks, running back, receivers, tight ends, get them, get them all up here in the next couple of days. I'm just kind of putting them out for you gradually, let you absorb them. How many running backs, receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends are at a, at a value in the first round, the second round, and not just high, but high, late, middle. Those are really important to look at. That's where you look and say, wait a minute, there's a cluster of guys. You got a lot of depth, say, at linebacker in the second round. So you may like Michael Parkins, and he may be the best one. But if you got a chance between him and another position where there's a deeper run on the first round, you might want to get that position and come back and get your linebacker in the second round. It's a way to double dip, but your board, again, has to be set up properly with the idea of regardless of need, let's evaluate the guy, how he fits for us. And then, you know, most of the guys, you got to remember, the draft is frustrating. It's not like recruiting. You're going to get very few of those guys. You're going to like a whole lot of guys on your board. And you're going to get very few. Teams will end up having on their complete board. I always had a hundred. We worked off of a hundred. Every draft. <clears throat> Didn't need any more than that. Teams, the final book, but you got to do the big board to work to the little board. You got, there's no shortcuts. You can't just say, ah, I like these guys. How do you know? You got to evaluate everybody. This is the other thing I get. Oh, <clears throat> so-and-so was at this workout. So-and-so was, went to see them at this game. Of course they did. It's their job. Go look at every player. If you don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are not evaluating the quarterbacks in this draft, if you don't think that they don't have a grade and, and won't put Trevor Lawrence on their board in the appropriate action, you don't understand the draft. No, they're not taking a quarterback. They won't be in a position to take them, and they wouldn't take them because they've got their quarterback. That's not the point. The point is you still need to evaluate them to fit the integrity of your draft. Of what, what if they, you know, down the road want to sign a backup quarterback that's maybe coming out of this draft, don't know it yet, 
what you need to know if you say, well, you know, I'm not going to evaluate quarterbacks this year because we don't need one. No, no, no. You have to evaluate them like you would evaluate any other position. That's a big need. You just may not take a quarterback or you may not take a running back or you may not take a whatever, but you need to evaluate them. You're going to play against them. You may, they may come as a free agent. You don't need them now, but you may need them tomorrow due to injuries due to a year from now, due to salary cap ramifications. So you have to evaluate correctly. So know where all the, at each position, where the breakoff points, where the value is. See how many guys with third-round grades and see that they're going to be there in the fifth round. See that you can take this entire draft, seven rounds. You're going to have a guy with fourth-round grades on my board drafted pretty much in the seventh round. Some that I have graded lower than that on the on the position boards. What I have as a horizontal board is everybody with a 5-5 five, five grade or better. Then I have the position boards where I go even deeper at each position, and you'll be able to see who those guys are and kind of where they are. So it's an important exercise. It's an important process that leads you to putting together 100 you, dra- you sign all your guys, you, you draft all your guys and sign all your undrafted free agents. You get the guys that you want based on that. Guys that are fits for you. And yes, when you're signing undrafted free agents and it's competitive, it's because you got a fourth round grade on that guy. Pretty good grade on. So it's important to understand kind of where they are. Um, the boards that I put, This is how NFL draft boards look. But the individual players on the board are going to be a little different. I have to put a board together for the league. So if you're a zone corner, if you're a man-blocking offensive lineman, I grade you where you are relative to what your style and your fit is. For certain teams, they're not looking for that type of play. That's okay. Other people are. I can do one of two things. Do one board for the league and explain it or do 32 boards and confuse the hell out of everybody because then it becomes very confusing. When I do work for my teams, these are the guys that are fits. Some of those guys that I have rated high are just they don't fit. They don't fit what you want to do. They don't fit the style. They don't do any of that. Um, so I think those are things that are really, really important to understand. Um, and so check out the draft boards, the horizontal boards over at Landry Football, and we're going to have the complete breakdown. So I want to get to some of the questions here. See good friend Ryan McGuire coming. Um, th- hey, Ryan, how are you? Ryan is one of the elite PGA golf professionals in the country. Um, if you look at one of the best um, teachers and golf digests and other entities that grade and rank these guys, like we're talking football players, he's in that elite group. He's worked with some of the very elite coaches. Um, still out in Chicago, I believe. I think he's back in Chicago. He is, he is a Wisconsin guy, a Green Bay Packer fan. LSU grad and one of the great teachers of the world uh, of, in the world of golf. So appreciate you. Ryan asked, I'm going to get you a green bay corner to replace the worst um, 
<clears throat> let's see here. I can't read that. Green Bay, uh, a corner uh, to replace the worst 6'3 <laughs> corner ever, Kevin King. There's a zone corner guy. I think certainly help on the offensive line. I think a young receiver. I think corner. Absolutely. Um, I think you hit it right on there. Uh, Ryan also has Cincinnati elite left tackle, elite tight end, or wide receiver chase. I, for me, if it's Cincinnati, I would take Panay Sewell if he were there. And if he were not, then I would decide between Pitts or Jamar Chase. I would, for them, I would take Chase over over Pitts. I've got um, the same grade. I've got Pitts and Chase with the same grade on my board. For them, I would take um, for their offense that they like to run. And obviously for Joe Burrow, I would take Chase. Look, you can't go wrong either way. What I would not do, and this is a perfect example. So I think Panay Sewell is an elite left tackle. I think if you look at the next guys up on my board, I if Sewell's off the board, I'm not leaving Chase on the board. I'm taking him. I'm not going to go and take Slater at that point or Tucker at that point. I like those guys. I've got first-round grades on those guys, and I think that they're 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 in that next group after the top four players. They're in that next group of six-five graded players. But I'm not leaving a six-nine graded player on the board to take a six-five because I think they need either. I think they need both. But uh, that's what I would do if I were Cincinnati. Boy, it's great to great to hear from you. And uh, <clears throat> Ryan, Kev Kilargo, another one of our great ones. Thank you for cheering on some bits there. Kev says, Christian, can you explain the Bucks' decision to select Devin White with the fifth overall pick in 2019 draft? It seems like an obvious pick in hindsight, but Josh Allen was still on the board and the Bucks' pass rush was lacking. I think your hurls on the board had both players with the same grade. Yes, um, what it means is that they didn't see Josh Allen the same way. Okay, this is how I have him. Look, I'm not the be-all to end-all, okay? Um, the I may like a player, and I think over time, you know, I did like Josh Allen. I thought he was really good. Most people thought I was nuts after one year. Josh Allen's pretty good, isn't he? Well, there's a reason for it, too. Josh Allen has worked hard. He's been well coached by Brian Dayball, um, and they've done a good job. They've got a good team around him. All those things matter. You know, we, we've talked ad nauseum about Sam Dono and how he hasn't been developed. We don't know what Sam Dono is. Carolina is hoping, but we don't know what they have and been developed. Now, that could be if Josh Allen was with the Jets. I'm not trying to pick on the Jets. I mean, I'm hoping and praying that they get it right. What a colossal it's like giving some <clears throat> giving somebody lottery winnings and they just lose it flush it down the toilet so much good can be done with that money and yet it's lost well the jets have been given all sorts of draft capital and you just hope that they don't mess it up again different regime but over and over and over again they just keep messing it up. Why did they take Devin White? Because they really thought he was a different maker for the defense. You can't argue with Devin White. But I think your point is, okay, Josh Allen's still on the board. Well, 
probably gun shy, probably didn't think that the quarter that the quarterback was that good. They were in that when they took him, they were still remember in the belief that Jameis Winston they thought maybe he could still be the guy. He wasn't. So a lot of that factors in. Now, again, I probably didn't have Josh Allen graded as high as I did. That's the reason. So uh, didn't have a good pass rush. They obviously, look, I mean, it's an evaluation. They didn't miss on Devin White. You could make the case that they could have had other guys. Um, Devin's been phenomenal. I mean, their linebacker play was a big part of their success defensively. Um, so, look, I mean, I think it's a great question and a great point, but often the answer is very simple. They didn't have them graded quite as high. Cause I do think if they had an elite pass rusher that they liked as much or more or a quarterback that they really liked, you know, maybe they take that quarterback as a sensitive position. Well, they were still buying into Jameis Winston at that time. So it's an issue. Um, Thoughts on reports of Belichick ignoring his scouting department in regards to drafting Nikhil Harry instead of Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown. I don't know that to be the case. I can remember because I've done a lot of work for him. Um, I don't I don't know that that's the case. Um, what I remember is that they had all three graded highly with uh, – I think the same grade on their board and Harry had the better workout. I don't know that that's the case. I mean, it might be, but I, I certainly that's not any indication that I got, what you have to wonder about is where does that come? A lot of that. First of all, I don't, I don't, that is very unlikely that that information comes from anybody in new England. Sounds something that's kind of made up. They drafted Nikhil Harry. Bill's imprints on every pick, every pick that they make is his responsibility. You know, I I don't know that, quote, unquote, they wanted somebody else. Look, I I wasn't real happy with Tommy Vardell when we took him. I didn't think that was a really good pick. But, you know, I, I... it's not that they didn't ignore me. They they did, and it just it happens. So it could it could have happened. Uh, Nola Jack, are you any less sure of your players in the past COVID year than in the past with all the opt outs and uneven college schedule? Nola Jack, uh, that's a great point. Um, here's what I'm concerned about most of all: the film evaluation is the same. What's different? is the opt-outs. Yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase, I think, is a great player. He didn't play this past year. There's enough of him to know that I'm very comfortable taking him very high. But a lot of players, that's not the case. So there's missed opportunities. So you got some that didn't play this year, some that played less games this year. But I'm going to throw in something that's really important. And I'm dealing with this right now because I'm in in scouting meetings. They are, everybody is scrambling to get all the verified medical information on these guys. And I think there's a chance that we're going to have more mistakes there because it's not as correlated and organized as when we had one combine. 
Um, and remember, that is that is the 99% reason why we have the combine is the medicals. It's it, It's a problem, and I think it may lead to mistakes. It also may lead to mistakes on getting to know guys as well as you need to know them. Um, you know, so anyway, um, you know, I just don't know that, um, that you look at it and say, you know, you feel as comfortable about knowing everything about the player. You can't get face to face. Scott, let's remind folks, scouts, this is a byproduct that's going to affect the draft. The scouts could not go on campus in college this fall as much. So you have less background information to start. You don't have as much time face-to-face with them, which is why the players that were at the All-Star Games is even more valuable this year. But you don't have the combine to be able to get to know these players a little bit more personally. It's a little bit scary, yes. Um, What I try to do in my role now, consulting is more, it's more film grading. Um, I'm not as comfortable because I don't have the verified speed, the verified work on them as well as I do at the combine. You've got to, you got to transpose, convert the times and the workout numbers. So, um, I would say, yes, I'm a little less sure. I'm a little less sure about what to do. I mean, I'll give you an example. I think Caleb Farley is one of the top 10 players in this draft, but I'm, 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 I don't know about the medical information as much. And I don't know about certain workout information as much with certain guys that, that would affect whether I would take them. The fortunate part for me is my work in the evaluation and the film stuff. As long as I've got the film, I'm I'm able to do it. So that part doesn't change if they played the requisite amount of games. But what about players that maybe weren't real healthy? We had it in the NFL, Cam Newton, others that missed part of the season and were affected by COVID, their stamina and whatnot. So, yeah, I think there's absolutely um, that concern. There's there's no question. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Kev Kilargo. All right, Kev, did I misunderstand? Let's see here. Clarification. I was referencing Josh on the outside backer for Jacksonville. No, oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So let's go back to your question. I, I completely missed that here. Can you explain the Bucks' decisions like Devin White with fifth overall pick? It seems like an obvious pick in hindsight, but Josh Allen was still on the board, and the Bucks' pass rush was. Yes, Josh Allen was a was a noted as a better pass rusher, wasn't as complete of a player. And there's no doubt, though, they they play a little bit of a different role for the team, even at a similar position. Um, they obviously like White. That's why they drafted him. Um, they obviously didn't buy into Josh Allen nearly as much. And he was a guy that I think could develop a little bit more in terms of, of pass rush. He tacked McKinley. Uh, Vic Beasley, some guys, really good pass rushers that just haven't developed in the league. And a lot of it is, to be honest with you, guys that don't know how to play and develop pass rush skills. They rely 
more on the physical ability to get off and they don't develop and use their hands as effective and they don't develop, you know, in the NFL, you can't get by strictly on speed. I know when I drafted um, Javon Curse, we didn't ask him to do a whole lot. That first year, it was speed rush. It was get off. And he terrorized the league. I mean, you know, we don't go to the Super Bowl. If it's not for him. I mean, he was a big part of it. A lot of other pieces, of course, that we had put together. But he was kind of like tipped us over the edge defensively because of what he did. But And, and he was had a great career. But what helped him develop was when he learned his counter move. Uh, when he learned how to use his hands a little bit better. Those are things that were integral towards improving his success because certain guys can sit on your speed rush. And if you've got a certain quarterbacks that can work away from it, slide protection, you can, you can dip under the pass rush where he's running by you and he's not having the impact. You've got to develop your skills. A lot of guys don't develop it. Um, I think Josh has got some ability. Um, but Devin White was, look, I mean, the answer is they didn't have Josh and probably evaluated him better than I did on that, in that situation. Wondering, uh, Tony, Hey, Tony, wondering your thoughts on Joe Woods as defense coordinator was his, with the system relying on defensive backs Should the defense be better with free agent signings. Look, the, I don't believe that the system relies on the defensive backs. I, I don't believe that. Um, it's, it's, they're all relying on good defensive back play, but all defenses are built from the front back. Uh, what you do, even Seattle, which is known, you know, you play a lot of zone and they'll mix things up coverage wise and they'll, they'll, they'll provide some coverage sacks. Yes. I think that the moves that they've made in Cleveland are impressive on that side of the ball. I think that Cleveland roster now, I'm not so sure at least right now prior to the draft. I'm not so sure that Cleveland doesn't have the best roster in that division. With Pittsburgh's offensive line issues, I think the only the only candidate is Baltimore. And I I, I kind of like what Cleveland has done. I mean, they certainly don't take a backseat to anybody. Um, Cincinnati's still, still rebuilding. Pittsburgh will still be good, but I don't think the team to beat. Baltimore, I still worry about their their ability in the passing game. I, I think the Browns are in good position, and I think they've got good direction. And I, I do think that Joe's a real positive addition to what they've done. Um, a lot has been talked about at the top of the draft now with the trade um, of Carolina getting their quarterback. I've mentioned this. One of the real intriguing storylines into this draft is going to be where what quarterback or two might quote unquote fall. Cause everybody, it's funny how everybody's got it picked. Well, it's going to be the top four picks. Oh, well, I don't know that number four is going to go to a quarterback. It might, somebody might trade in that spot. Heck, you know, Atlanta might take a quarterback and we don't expect it, but the reality is, even if Atlanta takes a quarterback, you still have one quarterback that's going to quote unquote slip. Could it be Jones? Could it be Lance? You know, let's say the Niners take people, Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Um, 
than Justin Fields is out there. You know, what team out there that had no thought process that they could get Justin Fields is now saying, we got a chance to get him. Maybe third great player on their board. The fact that he's not second or third on my board doesn't matter. On their board is what matters. Let me say this too, because I get this a lot. Boy, Mac Jones has moved up draft boards. There are no draft boards that are set. There's no moving up or down a draft board. Mac Jones hasn't moved up. If you know what you're referring to is the prognosticators that will tell you who's going to be the top 20 picks in next year's draft. Well, you're moving up. There is no top. the work that needs to be done hasn't even started yet for those teams. So there's no draft board. The draft boards for this year are not set yet for teams. If you understand the process that you evaluate every player in every fit. So let's just take, let's go with this because there's this question. You look at my board. You'll see what I think. I like Mac Jones a lot, but I like him for certain styles and certain systems, and he's a certain type of quarterback. can be very effective. I don't have him graded as a one of the 10 best players in this draft. In fact, he's not anywhere near that. Say San Francisco takes him at three. Understand something. How I have him and how I see him universally is not what's pertinent. Gives you an idea in a general sense for the entire league, as I mentioned earlier. But how does he fit for you? There are a lot of people that did not like Steve McNair at all. Wouldn't have drafted him. I mean, there are people in the league, courts in the league, just said, gosh, I can't believe he took that guy out of Alcorn third overall. A lot of them, a lot of general managers, great ones, good ones. And, you know, I understand what their concerns were. I had those concerns myself, but also understood what I was doing, why I was doing it, and why it was going to be a fit for us. So did I take them too high? I can remember when Dwight Freeney went, oh, my memory, uh, nine or 11, he went top 15. I know he went top 15, I mean, early teens or nine, I don't want to say nine comes out 11, 12, 13 in that range. Doesn't matter. A lot of people thought he was a late first round value. And I can remember telling people when doing a show with this young guy that said, Oh, what a reach by the coach. It took the white Freeney. Hold on, I got too high. Uh, no. Again, remember, he had a 6'5 grade. It's a first-round grade. And, you know, whether you take them at 12 or 24, you're taking the players with the same grades. You think they reached on Dwight Freeney? Hell no. Because you're reading on some board, including mine, that, and people are going to say this, can't believe my team took the guy, took this guy at, you know, Chris, he was 
38th on your board. And, you know, we had this guy. That, it's okay. So I see him. This is how they see him. And understand that it's not whether somebody's ranked fifth or 24th. They're all with the same grade. I'll stack them a certain way for a reason. But you can take 24 before five and not bat an eyelash because they've all got the same grade. Understand that. See that. Feel that. There's reasons why you might take anybody, you know, between five and 24, why you might. And it may have to do with some things on health, style. It may and should reflect how the other players deeper in the draft fit on your board. All those things are very, very important. So understand that don't get wrapped up into that. Um, When you take, if the Niners take Mac Jones, okay, is that what I would do? Well, who am I? I mean, and, and what team am I running? I understand why the Niners would consider it. <clears throat> Still not what I would do, but that's okay. Let's just say that they do. I'm not, I don't know whether they will or not. We'll find out. We'll find out down the road whether it works. Does anybody care where Josh Allen was taken? Does anybody care where Patrick Mahomes was taken? Does anybody? Yeah, if you take a guy one, two, three, or four. It's going to be a lot more pressure to be successful. If you take a guy later in the first round, eh, you take him late first round, take him in the second round, not in like, yeah, that's, that's true. But the reality is, if you take Mac Jones and he is a really good quarterback and he's a good decision maker and they do a good job creating a, a good, stable pocket for him and they can move the football and they can be successful on offense. You think anybody's going to care that they took him third? I mean, they like him. First of all, it's what do you think of him? If they think he's their answer, they know that you can't mess around. Well, you didn't have to move the three to get him. You don't know where the hell you need to move to get him. You don't know that Carolina is going to trade for Sam. You don't know that Carolina doesn't like him. You don't know that somebody else might like him. You get as high as you can to secure getting one of the guys on your board that you really think can upgrade your quarterback position. Now, is it Mac Jones? Is it somebody else? My point is, well, how did Mac Jones move up a draft board? He's not moving up a draft board. If San Francisco takes him at three, it's because they like him. I don't know. In fact, I can tell you that. I don't know that there's – um a lot of people that would have them rated that high. It's okay. A lot of people are looking for different things. So some people may have Mac Jones as somebody they would only consider late first round, early second, would never consider him at third, consider him at third. If San Francisco takes him at third and he's very, very successful, no one's going to care that they quote unquote reach for him. If he's not successful, then it's, yeah, it's a disaster pick. If you take them third, it's worse than if you take them the third pick in the second round. I get that. It's more you leave better players on the board. I get it. 
There's no question about that. But it's what they believe in. And it comes down to the evaluation, not a consensus. Get that out of your head. The consensus is, well, consensus is not making the picks. You're making the pick. Okay. Said it before. Um, Most people like Jamarcus Russell coming out. I did not like him at all. I I knew he was going to go number one, but I did not think he was going to make it. Why? I knew the kid. I knew where he was headed. I knew it was going to be a bust. Doesn't matter. It was a bust. It's a bust. You take him one, you take him five, you take him 50th. He's a bust either way. I liked Eddie George over Lawrence Phillips and Tim Biakabatuka. Those two guys were taken ahead of him. Well, you can't believe he's not as good, Chris. It doesn't matter. The consensus was that those two other guys were better. Doesn't matter. It's what I feel for us, and Eddie was a good player for us. I'm not concerned about that. Um, I thought Derek Mason was a really good receiver. He was, you know, I had a second-round grade on him, and I got him on the top of the fourth round. That, 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 it was you know, nothing special. I thought he was a really good player, and he was a good player. That was borderline Pro Bowl every year he played. He just was – he graded out very, very well. Not a superstar, just a great player. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys. At Super Bowl run uh, – uh, look, I can remember, you know, doing work, uh, Jonathan Ogden, and how much I like Jonathan Ogden. Um, Guys, dude, they were criticized heavily for taking him. Um, the owner and everybody there wanted him to take Jamal Lewis. You know, you, you look, you, you make the move. Um, everybody talks about it today. Ray Lewis can't run a lick. You know, you, you, you like him and you just. Um, you, you, you go with what you think. So I, I think a lot of that is what I've tried to do is try to explain that there are different traits and different things that people are looking for relative to what they play, what they do. And that's going to determine the value of a player and, and ultimately are going to see players a little differently. And if you, Grade A draft strictly off of where they're listed on somebody's list, you're going to get a bad, bad, um, inaccurate view of what the draft is all about and who's really doing a good job. That's why if you take the grades of the draft the weekend after when people do that and you look at the grades of the draft three years later, they're never the same. They're always, you know, We'll, we'll find out later. And a lot of it is how you develop and understanding how a guy fits. Taking a different guy, you know, it's just like, you know, Kev Calargo asked about Josh Allen and Devin White. You know what? That's worked well for them because it fit for them. Um, it was an evaluation process, but it also was a development process too and how they've utilized players. So really important. So I, look, if, if the Niners do take Mac Jones is because they believe that he can be really good. And and I would suspect that he's got a chance to be as good as anybody, certainly early because of the team around him. Does it mean that's what I would do? No, it doesn't have to be. 
it's not relevant to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I think to run their offense are it, two things. If they take Mac Jones, it tells me, here's what I'll tell you. Kyle's offense is about quick decision-making ball comes out quick, quick reach. You got to make a clean pocket for Mac Jones. He could do that. He could be very successful. Um, he would be a upgrade over Garoppolo in terms of decision-making and field vision. Garoppolo's got a little bit more physical traits. If they go with a different quarterback, a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, it's because, you know, Kyle's willing to embrace a little bit more of the mobile pocket and doing some of those things. And, and quite frankly, that is a lot of – he doesn't run that in, as much in San Francisco because of who he has, but a lot of what they've done. Look, look at what they did with RG3. Kyle was there with his dad. So this whole thing, well, he doesn't run that. No, 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 he doesn't do that in San Francisco because who he has. But I don't know what San Francisco is going to do. I don't know that it's Mac Jones. It could very well be. It, it could be Fields. It could be Lance. We we think we know who the top two are going to be. So we'll see where it goes. We don't know. And and if and if here's the thing, <clears throat> if Mac Jones doesn't get taken by San Francisco, he made it. Well, why did he drop? What happened, folks? Nobody's dropping. Everybody's projecting where they're going to go. So because somebody said, "Oh, hurts Mac Jones." I read it. Mac Jones. Mac Jones going to Niners. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. It, it's just talk. If the Niners don't take him at three, I, you know, he don't know where he's going to go. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Does 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 Detroit take him at seven? No. Carolina, eight? No. Does Denver take him? Nope. I don't know if they have him rated better than Drew Lock. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, the Philadelphia, I mean, where does he go? 13 with the Chargers, have their quarterback. Does Minnesota, for, Mac Jones, in theory, could drop into the teens. Well, what happened? He dropped. No, he didn't drop. The Niners could take him at three, or he could be taken at 23. Neither one would surprise me because it's not a consensus. If the Niners like him, if he's their guy, they're not going to risk somebody else. They're going to take him at three. And don't give a damn about what somebody else thinks. He's moved up. He's rived up. He's this. He's got all that talent. They don't give a crap about that. But if they go in a different direction, the others may feel that way. Somebody else may move up and get them, may like them almost as much, or you know, or again, it could go to 23. So this this narrative, I'm already creating the narrative. Oh, can't believe he rose up and he was taking that high at three. Can't believe Joe Burrow was not a guy that you'd consider a first round pick before his last season at LSU folks, everybody either rises. I mean, most everybody rises up. There's no consensus. Who's going to be the top pick in next year's draft because there's less and less football being played before you enter the draft. Everybody quote unquote's a riser. Justin Fields. I mean, Trey Lance was talked about, but not like, Oh, not somebody be, you know, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was. Panay Sewell kind of was. Kyle Pitts, nobody was sitting there saying, oh, man, wait till next year, Kyle Pitts. Devontae Smith, man, can't wait. This guy is unbelievable. Look at that. 
he wasn't even the number one receiver at Alabama. Jalen Waddle was. He gets injured. Now, the point is, is quote, how does this guy rise up? Nobody right. Everybody plays and you evaluate. And when it's done and it's time for that draft, then that's where you go. But you don't move guys up and down the draft board. That doesn't work. That's not how it's done. It's an evaluation process, and you don't set your draft board. The board's are not set right now. I can tell you I'm involved in dealing with it every day. Everybody goes through each position, and after they get done with each position, then they'll stack them in that order. Okay. Then and only then. It's it's starting right now. So it's not the way it is. So there's no such thing as rising up and down a draft board that hasn't been set. The Mac Jones story is a great one, but it's no different than Joe Burrow or any number of other guys. Mitchell Trubisky, and you can suppose a bad rec. I mean, I mean, go on and on and on and on and on. Every year you have that. Guy plays well. He has a skill set, the need at quarterback. Boom, it happens every year. Going to happen next year to somebody. Don't know who. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, wondering, Tony asked, wondering, if Justin feels compared to Lamar Jackson. Um, no, I think Justin is a little better. Uh, he's got better passing skills than Lamar Jackson. I think Justin is, is better than Lamar Jackson. And I think will be a better pro than um, Lamar Jackson. Um, appreciate Spartan Barton breaking it down here. Um, appreciate you. This is why we do it for people like you. What was your scouting evaluation of Adrian Peterson? Well, Loved Adrian. I loved Adrian coming out of high school. Was a big power runner. Tom Tupa was a really good punter and a backup quarterback in the old pocket style coming out of Ohio State. Nobody comes with, you know, Rich Coates is, is a real bright young guy. Got to know him a little bit. And he is... Um, I say young, he's wise beyond his years. No one comes with more names that, I mean, all these names I know, but probably most people are saying, Tom Tupo, who the hell is that? Nobody comes with more innocuous names. It's, you know, it's, uh, and he'll come with great players like Adrian Peterson, you know, Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf, and then he'll come with guys that I just get a kick out of because he'll bring back guys that, you know what? No one's asked me about that guy ever, you know, maybe since they came out 20 years ago. For somebody that's as young as he is, he wasn't alive for some of the people that he asked about. It just tells the passion that he has for it. A bright, bright young, you're going to be listening and reading his work for years to come. He is a uh, he's a great student and in, into the sports journalism well. So at the top of the draft, we're going to continue to follow it, keep up everything um, up to date on everything at LandryFootball.com. The position boards, uh, the horizontal boards, the news and notebooks. What's next for Teddy Bridgewater? Where he's going? What are they opting for? Where does the next quarterback domino fall? People want to follow that. People want to know it. Um, look, um, as I tell people all the time, people say, when are you going to say, we'll give you the best feeling that we have? Um, everybody throws a lot of stuff out. I tell folks right now, those who know don't talk. Those who talk don't know. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Uh, if things are put out there, they're put out there for a reason. Um, 
will certainly provide in my forums for you the best information. Look, if somebody were to tell me, here, here's the thing. If somebody were to tell me, um, uh, this is what we're going to do. A, probably wouldn't believe them because you shouldn't be telling me. B, if they said, look, I, you know, in confidence, we're going to tell you because of a certain reason, if, if it's something that I'm involved in, well, then I couldn't repeat it. Um, so I'm no use to you or anyone else to, to say certain things that, that would be inappropriate. So it's, it's a fun time of year. There's a lot of speculation and I know that's a lot of the fun and I don't want to take any of the fun out of it. I just want to temper everybody with the idea that the draft is a process. The draft is the launch point of how you develop players. The good teams, the good organizations evaluate players well. They draft well and develop well. Not all the time. They're misses like everyone else. But keep that in mind. Understand that as um, you you work through this process. Don't make snack judgments. And don't think you know the players because you read mock drafts and you read that everybody else loves them. Same thing. I can remember doing a show, a national show. Can't believe that so-and-so passed Josh Rosen. But all the experts said they're not experts. Okay. They've never scouted. They've, you know, they people that do make mistakes. I can remember that. Oh man, the Cardinals, what a great job they did. They, you know, they got Josh Rosen and all these idiots that passed him up. You know, Josh Rosen. Just flipped around and the Cardinals in one year said, oh, no, we got to move on and, and we'll see what Kyler Murray can do. But the point is, is all of the things that people think they know the day after the draft, the weekend of, after the draft, that this team did this, this team did that. Everybody's good. It's mostly wrong. And you don't know. You don't know until you develop the team's. When I draft and put a draft together, I never draft and say, I don't like this guy, but I'm going to give him a shot. You know, no, I, you, you put, it's a byproduct of a lot of work and you think you've got a good draft, but a lot of it comes down into, you know, what's had, I, I can remember taking a, a player in the second round that I had a late first round grade on, liked him a lot. It's a really good defensive end that showed some pass rush ability, like the kid was developing, got in a really bad car accident, didn't play football again. It was a second round pick. And, you know, you, you, you feel for the young man and you, you, you feel bad. Um, I mean, I felt bad for the young man first and foremost, obviously it was what could have been for him and his career and what he lost. And then, you know, I feel sorry for yourself to some degree because man, what a, what a play, but you never know. Um, some players just, they, they pan out. Some don't, um, it's the way it is. And there are different reasons for it. And the hit rate, um, uh, is not as high as people think. And if you look at it, um, just understand that we'll see how things work. But remember, knowing the names of the players and know that where they're ranked in a mock draft doesn't mean you know the player. Um, 
very often it's it's a lot about i mean some of my proudest picks are the blaine bishops of the world a pro bowl safety that was a boundary corner at ball state that was taken on the eighth round i didn't misspeak eighth round we had eight rounds then um it's guys like that 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 you're able to find that's the real key is finding guys that fit. There's a role. There's an understanding of what, how a guy fits or doesn't fit. Those things are really signing. We lost a player. I was thinking about him yesterday, Josh Evans. He passed away about a month ago. He was an undrafted free agent out of Alabama, Birmingham. Uh, I liked him a lot. He signed with the Cowboys. The Cowboys released him. I signed him immediately um, to our roster, and he was a big factor in our Super Bowl run. In fact, he made a big play um, in garnering us a safety against Jacksonville in the AFC Championship game. I was a really good player. Um, you know, heard me tell you about Teddy Bruschi, and you know, um, heck, even guys that that are pro players. Signing Frank Wycheck and and you know was a role. Th- those are those are ones that really round out the meal, so to speak. Um, it's really important. Uh, before we go, um, Kevin Calargo says someone needs to grade the people who grade the draft. Well, again, those are the things. Those people are not held responsible for for that. Their job is to entertain you, to tell you stuff, to make you click, to make you watch, not to inform or educate you. Um, I, I hope I'm entertaining. I probably am not probably pretty boring. Um, I know this, that when I talk to folks, when NFL network first started, I did some work for them in their infancy and then getting to speak to them and, and had a uh, talk to some executives at ESPN a few years ago. I could tell that I do not fit there. They, that's what they are. They're, they, they encourage got to make people listen. That's why the people that are on, it's not that they're knowledgeable. They're there to entertain, give hot takes. Let's debate this and that. I think this, here's to keep people going. People want to watch it. Raise your voice, do this and flex. That's what they want. They don't care whether they're giving you good information or bad information, or they have no analytical ability because they've never done it. I got a little bit of a different niche. I like what I'm doing because I can find the good fan like you guys that want to want to learn something different. You're not coming here to necessarily be entertained. Um, you're, you're coming in if you're like if you're entertained by the fact that you know I've never heard that before. I'm learning something that didn't. Then great, but I, you know I what I want to try to do. He's try to provide you some real life stories, provide you some some insights into things that others don't bring to you, and it's a little bit a little bit boring. Um, Tony says, "Wondering your evaluation of Eric Metcalf." Man, I go back to Eric's dad, Terry. Love Eric coming out of Texas. Great returner. Um, liked him. Still remember the remember uh, Tony uh, the the return against Pittsburgh. That was a big game. It was uh, Dennis Northcutt was, I had a pretty good grade on Dennis as well. Like both of those guys, Eric, Eric didn't have as good a career as I thought, uh, as I thought he would, but he had a good career. I, I thought he was a really good player. So Tony, you gotta be, I don't want to overhype. I'm not into hype, but I, 
you got to be excited about your brownies. Uh, you know, I know there was a lot of hype a couple of years ago, but when you look at that division, uh, as I said earlier, I, I do think, you know, that the Browns are in a position a little bit a um, little bit better than it was before. I, I, I think some teams, particularly Pittsburgh and certainly Cincinnati rebuilding, I think the Browns are in good position. We'll see. We'll get we got plenty of time for that, right? We'll let's see what gets done, the remaining part of free agency, and more importantly, the draft. Spartan Barton chiming in, knowledge is more attending than unfounded opinions. I think so, Spartan Martin. And we appreciate you guys, Rich and Spartan Martin and Tony and Kev. Um uh, and uh, Kev Calargo, uh, my good buddy, Ryan McGuire. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining us today, throwing in your comments and questions. Please spread the word about what we're doing on this show. Find us on Twitch TV, sign up, become involved, you know, make it a bigger community. It helps us grow. Uh, if you know people that want to become involved in the show, um, if we can help you grow your business or someone that you know who business might be able to benefit, we're looking for someone as a title sponsor for this show. Uh, and certainly we'll tie it into what we've got at LandryFootball.com. We've got not only a bunch of listeners here, but a bunch of listeners to the podcast, a bunch of visitors to the website. So we'd like, obviously that's the way this part of the business works. So if you are a supporter of us and you are, we appreciate you. We love you for it. And if you can spread the word, um, you know, we'd like to do this as long as we can and uh, make it operational and functional. So appreciate you joining us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the Landry football podcast. That's part of the great folks at Radio Influence that produced that for us. So we'll be back there. We'll be talking uh, a, a lot of the things. Join us in the chat room there. We will talk, probably talk a lot of draft will be a lot of that. And then whatever else comes up, we will have that, um, for you as well. Uh, any news and notes, um, that we can, uh, we can provide for you. We will do so and certainly answer all your questions. Appreciate you. Have a great day. We'll talk to you more on the Landry football podcast. Join up. If you haven't yet at LandryFootball.com, check out the scouting season offer. You're going to absolutely love it. Appreciate you. God bless. Take care. Talk to you then. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.